0: Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Are you there? Beginning in verse 1, I'm reading out of the NIV, it says this, when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene. And Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on that first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? They're looking at each other like, I don't know. You can't do it. I can't do it. Who's going to do this? Verse 4. But when they looked up, they saw the stone, which was very large, and it had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. And it says, do not be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who is crucified, but he has risen. Oh, come on, 1 p.m., that's a good spot right there for an amen. He said, he is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go and tell his disciples and tell that hard-headed guy, Peter. That Jesus, he's going ahead of you into Galilee, and there you will see him just as he told you. Just as he told you. Anybody believe that Jesus, he's risen this afternoon? Amen. God is good. I want you to turn around as you make your way to your seat, high five at least 10 people around you, and say, He's risen, He's risen, He's risen, He's risen. He is risen. Amen. He is no longer here. I want you to take out a notebook or a phone if you can, and over the next 20, 25 minutes, I'm going to try to be quick. I want you to write this down. I want to talk to you out of the subject, hope at the empty tomb. Thank you, Phil. Hope. Come on, write that down. Hope at the empty tomb. Anybody know we got hope this afternoon? I want you to know no matter how you came in here, you have hope because there's an empty tomb. You might be going through the worst moment of your life. I'm going to tell you this afternoon, you have hope because there's an empty tomb. You may be going through despair, but there is hope because there's an empty tomb. Doesn't matter what you may be up against. How many know the grave? It is now empty. Jesus, he's alive. I want you to write that down. We're going to talk for the next 20, 25 minutes, and then we'll worship Jesus and then go celebrate Easter Sunday and get ready for 6 p.m. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads and ask God to bless this time. Father, we just thank you for this afternoon, God. We thank you for what you've been doing all day, God. This has been an incredible day so far. My goodness, you are so good, God. We love you. Thank you for, for giving us your son, Jesus. Thank you for not only him taking... God, the penalty of sins, but raise him back up on Sunday. He is alive, and because he's alive, we're alive, God. We thank you for today. We thank you for this 1 p.m. service. Lord, it is hot. Holy Spirit, blow your cool breeze in here and help us cool down in Jesus' mighty name, God. God, I pray that people that are hopeless would find hope today. I pray that they may find grace. If anybody came in lost today, I pray that they may find direction. If anybody came in confused i pray that they may find who's the answer if anybody came in tired i pray that they would find the one who is our strength and it is you jesus have your way in this place in this miami heat playoff even though they didn't make it edition tent revival in jesus name all god's people say Amen. come on 1 p.m all god's people say Amen. come on from the front to the back can you give can you make some noise for jesus one more time that sounds amazing. I love when the church is all together. I grew, up in, I grew up in a big family. I grew up in a big family. It was, it was five of us in our home. Anybody come from a big family? Anybody, anybody here? Raise your hand if you come from big families. Let me see. Big families. Whoa, a whole lot of us. That's why you got to pray for us. A whole lot of us. I come from big families. How many know that in big families, there's struggles? There, there may be some challenges in big families. Diana, she comes from a single-parent family home, and she had no brother or sister, my wife, so often I try to explain to her that because when your house is more full and you got more people, there's a lot of challenges that maybe she she might not understand. For example, those of us that grew up in a big family, uh, maybe you'll understand this one, that uh, with a big family, when you're getting ready to go somewhere, there's always a rush to get to the car, and the first thing you want to yell when you're going to the car is what? My goodness. (laughs) Exactly. Shotgun. Everybody wants shotgun. It was always a fight between me, my brother, my sister. Shotgun, shotgun, we want to sit in the front. Now, it it got to the point where it was so bad that we started yelling shotgun like in the shower when we were getting ready to go out. Like, shotgun, I don't know where we're going, but shotgun. And uh, how many know that if you go outside and you don't get to say shotgun on time, what's the second best option? (laughs) Window. Ain't nobody trying to sit in the middle. Window, window. We either want the passenger seat Or we want a window because how many know nobody really likes the middle. The middle it is actually uncomfortable. The middle it's not nice. The middle it is tight. No, nobody seems to appreciate the middle. The middle it, it, it is not very cool. Nobody likes. The middle. For example, me and Diana were getting on a plane recently, and um, I, I was sitting in the middle. Not necessarily the middle seat, but how many know that middle seat in the plane is the worst? Come on, you can't move, you can't do anything, you try to fall asleep, you fall asleep on your neighbor, stranger's shoulder, drew all over their shoulder. Sorry, sir, I don't know you, but God bless you anyways, come to church. Um, it, it, the, the middle seat, but I was sitting actually near the middle aisle, the, the seat right by the middle aisle. And so every time somebody would come in up and down the aisle, that tray full of coffee and stuff would hit my elbow, would hit my shoulder. Somebody passing by would hit my face. I mean, I felt like I was on United Airlines. It was the worst. I mean, this thing was bad. So the middle, it is the worst. Too soon. (laughs) The middle is... Nobody likes the middle. Have you ever been in the middle of a packed subway in New York City? I mean, this thing is packed. Nobody enjoys the middle. There's so much said about middle. In fact, they say that middle children are the ones that have the most issues, which I don't believe because I'm a middle child, okay? I don't got no issues. You got issues. Middle. Any middle children in here? Let me see. You're the middle child. We stick together in Jesus' name. And uh, the middle. A a common phrase that people use all the time is, I'm in the middle of a storm. And it has a a negative connotation to it. The middle. We don't don't like the middle. Something about the middle that we don't. They don't appreciate. I was thinking about that because as, as I was thinking about Easter weekend and everything that God did on a weekend like this, I started thinking, man, we pay a lot of attention to Friday. We talk a lot about Friday. Friday, I mean, come on, we, we, we celebrate it. We talk about the cross and it, it is good Friday. And, and then obviously a lot of attention, all the attention goes on Sunday because it's resurrection Sunday. Come on, Easter Sunday, Jesus is alive. And so we, we talk about Friday, and then it's kind of like we, we skip hop, and, and we go to Sunday. And, and we talk about Friday and Sunday, but, but we don't talk about Saturday. Saturday is just the middle. It's just the middle. It's Saturday. Like, Friday and Sunday have cool names, like Good Friday, Resurrection Sunday. Saturday doesn't even get a name. Like, we don't even know the name. It's like, okay, cool. It's like decomposing Saturday, decaying Saturday. Like, so it's like whatever. So Friday, Friday, we talk about Friday because Friday was full of agony and pain Friday was full of of I mean just it was suffering and and we look at Friday and we're like my God Sunday was full of life and celebration and it's what we're going to talk about in just a moment but but think about this Friday and 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 Sunday why we why we talk a lot about Friday and why it relates to a lot of people is because we can relate to the pain that happened Friday I mean we talk about good Friday and I know it's called good Friday it wasn't good for Jesus but it was good for us Because of what he did for us, but Friday was full of a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, anguish, and a lot of us have had Friday moments in our life. A a lot of us have gone through moments where we can relate to tragedy. We can relate to what has happened, the moment of betrayal and pain and suffering and, and somebody lying on us and cheating on us and somebody just being evil toward us. And we say, man, I can relate to that Friday. Maybe you're in here today, and you're like, Alex, actually, my life right now is looking a lot like a Friday. Maybe, maybe you, you weren't waiting, but you got that, that devastating phone call. None of us ever expect that we're going to lose a loved one, and we just lost a loved one, and we're going through, through some tragedy. We can feel the pain of Friday. We can relate to the pain of Friday, and we're like, man, I, I've been there. I've been there. We can remember it so clear. I still remember when my aunt died from cancer. I can pinpoint exactly where I was when I got the phone call. Friday relates a lot to a lot of us come on I think everybody here something has at one point or another died in your life whether it's a family member a friend or or maybe it's a dream it's a vision it's something that you had we all can relate with death because at one point or another we've gone through a tragedy maybe today you walked in and there's the death of a dream a death of a vision a death of a life and you're saying man I I've been through that Friday Maybe you walked in and you had no idea the last thing that was expecting at work was that they were going to lay you off. And all of a sudden, your finances don't look the way that you thought they were. All of a sudden, it's time to pay the rent or the mortgage. And you don't have the money you thought there was. All of a sudden, you get home and the last thing you expected was that your spouse was going to hand you divorce papers. All of a sudden, you're like, man, I, I've been there. I, I didn't think I was going to get that medical diagnosis. I've been through tragedy. You know, the, the problem with this is that when we go through moments like this, we end up on a Saturday. We end up on in the middle, and what happens is that we often can't get past the Saturday. Often, we find ourselves in a Saturday and we're saying, How do I get over this? I just went through such a difficult moment in my life, I just went th- through such pain in my life, I-, I just faced this tragedy. How do I move forward? I'm-, I'm stuck in the middle. Nobody likes to be stuck in the middle, and maybe what you don't understand is why we're celebrating today, but Why we're celebrating today is because often a lot of us, we can think about Friday, but what we remember is that Sunday is coming, and today we are stepping on a resurrection Sunday where we can look past the Saturday. We're not stuck in the middle. Come on, how many know Jesus is alive so that we can continue to move forward? I'm telling you today, maybe you walked in here today and this is you. You're stuck in the middle. I'm here to tell you, you are at the right place and at the right time because God does not want to leave you stuck in the middle. God does not want to leave you in a Saturday of decay. God does not want to leave you in a Saturday of death. He wants to take you over into Resurrection Sunday. Can I get an amen? Oh, come on. Can I get an amen? I don't know how you walked in, but you're at the right place at the right time because Jesus, he's alive. Mark chapter 16, Mark chapter 16, what we just read. This is Mary and Mary, okay, two Marys. One was Mary Magdalene. The other one, it says Mary, the mother of James and uh, Salome. Another translation says the other Mary. She didn't even have a name. She was probably a middle child. Mary and Mary. They get up early in the morning. This is Sunday morning. Early in the morning, they get up, and they want to anoint the body of Jesus so that it smells better and so it doesn't decompose so fast. It was a ritual custom. They get up early Sunday morning. They just went through a tough weekend. Like, think about this. Friday, they just saw their Savior, their leader, their teacher, their Messiah, the one that they thought was going to be the king and the ruler. They just saw him get crucified. Like, what they experienced Friday, it was tough. They just saw Friday, Jesus being, I mean, completely torn apart. The Bible says you could see his bones. I mean, this was a bad thing. Mary Mary, they had seen a, a bad thing that Friday. Imagine Friday night. Like, how, how do you go home after that? Wait, this was, this was supposed to be our, our king. This was supposed to be our savior. And, and Friday was bad for them. Imagine what Saturday felt like. That's when they were, felt like they were stuck in the middle. They're like, man, he's dead. Like, it actually hits you. In fact, if you read through all the gospels, it actually seems like none of the disciples remembered that Jesus was going to resurrect on the third day. So Saturday was pretty depressing for them. They were like, man, he, he's dead. He's dead. In fact, the Bible says some of them gathered in a room and they, they were just talking amongst themselves. They were afraid of the religious leaders. I mean, they were just thinking about what are we going to do next? I mean, that's it. Jesus is gone. Everything we've been trying to do for the past three years is completely broken and Gone. What do we do next? Peter, you still have that boat? Let's go fish for some you know, yellowtail or some tuna. I don't know. Let's do something. We got to make a living. We got to move forward. What do we do? So Mary and Mary, they get up Sunday morning and they say, you know what? Let's go anoint the body of Jesus. And what we saw was horrible, but we just want to make sure he's anointed. And on the way over there, they're like, wait a minute. There's a big stone in front of the tomb. Remember that? There's a big stone. One Mary looks at the other Mary and says, wait, how are we going to roll over this stone? This is the massive stone. And she's looking at her like, you don't even look like you work out. Like, do you even lift, bro? Like, this is, like, you're not going to be able to roll over that stone. She's like, the other Mary said, don't you judge me. You just do Pilates. I mean, you got no muscle on you. Okay, that ain't going to work nowhere. And they're like, how are we going to move over this stone? What I love, Mark chapter 16, it says as they approach the tomb, all of a sudden they looked up and the stone was already moved away. As they looked up, the stone was already moved away. And all of a sudden, there is an empty tomb. There's an empty tomb. I want to talk to you about the hope of an empty tomb. Three things that we can learn from the hope of an empty tomb. Write this down. Number one, the hope of an empty tomb shows us that there's no stone that can hold you back. There is no stone that can hold you back. The stone that was rolled away it was rolled away so that no stone can hold you back. The Bible says this, that they were on their way to the tomb and apparently their heads were down. So by the time that they got to the tomb, it says they looked up. I wonder how many of you, you walked in here this afternoon and your head is down, you're looking around. You are in the middle of a crisis, you are in the middle of a tragedy, you are in the middle of a divorce, you're in the middle of a medical condition, you're in the middle of debt and you're saying, I can never get out of this. I'm in the middle of this addiction, I'm in the middle of this habit, I can't look up, I'm looking down. All of a sudden, there's depression. There's this thing over your life that does not allow you to look up. Because there's an empty tomb, you can look up. You don't have to look down often. You can lift up your head and say, wait a minute, Jesus, he's out of the grave. I don't have to keep looking down. Somebody say, look up. Let's go old school. I'm sorry. I'm just sweating. Look up. No longer do you have to walk around with your head down. Now you can look up because there is an empty tomb. Wonder how you came in here this afternoon. Are you thinking life has been cruel to me? I'm stuck in the middle. What do I do after this tragedy? I can't even look at a Sunday because all I'm looking at is what is in front of me right now. All I'm looking at is the tragedy around me, the crisis around me. Today you can look up. What stone is trying to hold you back? I mean, there's all kinds of stones. Maybe there's a stone in your life that does not allow you to move forward. Because Jesus rolled away the main stone, you can walk away from any stone in your life. Maybe it's a stone of fear. Maybe there's a stone of fear in your life. And and you're here this afternoon and you're saying, Alex, I'm I'm afraid. I mean, how do I even move forward from this Saturday? I'm in the middle. How how do I even trust another relationship? My first relationship ended up so bad in divorce. It was ugly. How, How do I do this? Alex, I don't even know if I can move forward with another job because the last one I got laid off. Alex, I don't even know if I can walk with Jesus because, I mean, I've done so many bad things. I lost a good marriage. I lost a good family. What do I do? I'm here to tell you that Jesus can remove the stone of fear. Jesus... He can remove the stone of fear. What stone is in your life? Is it a stone of doubt? Maybe you're doubting. You're saying, ah, maybe that's cute. That that sounds good for somebody else, but, but not me. I mean, I know God can do it in somebody else's life, but not me. The stone was rolled away, meaning Jesus, he broke through the stone. You know what I think today is? Today is not just Resurrection Sunday. It is Breakthrough Sunday. Some of you, what you're about to experience today is a breakthrough out of that stone that's holding you back. It's a breakthrough out of that situation. It's a breakthrough out of that addiction. It's a breakthrough out of that problem. It's a breakthrough out of that blindness. It's a breakthrough into the grace and the power and the strength that is found in Jesus. Today, you can break free. The stone doesn't have power over you Alex but I've been in this Saturday too long it feels like I mean this thing is never going to happen I'm stuck in the middle and I'm never going to get out of it just because something is delayed doesn't mean you're denied maybe you feel like you've been delayed for a while and you say this Saturday is taking too long this this crisis is taking too long just because God has taken his time doesn't mean God has forgotten about you Maybe today God is just taking his time because he's trying to do something in you, because he's about to resurrect you, and something's about to come to life, and today he wants to give you a new beginning. Maybe you're saying, Alex, I can't do it. I mean, maybe somebody else can do that. Maybe God can do that for somebody else, but, but definitely not for me. I mean, I've tried. I've tried. I've tried to get the stone out of my life. I've tried to get out of this situation. I've tried to get out of this crisis, but I can't. You know what the beautiful thing about Resurrection Sunday is? Is that it's not our power. It's his power. Can I get an amen? There's no way that you can get out of your situation on your own. You and I don't have the power. Just like Mary and Mary didn't have the power to roll over the stone. It's like, bro, you can only bench about 20 pounds. Don't don't you try to roll no stone. A lot of us, what we're trying to do is that we're trying to get out of a tragedy on our own strength. We're trying to get out of a crisis on our own strength. We're trying to go through grief on our own strength. We're trying to go through a divorce on our own strength. We're trying to find a new beginning on our own strength. Hello, you can't do it on your own strength. I can't do it on our own strength. But there's a God in heaven who has more power than we could ever imagine. The Bible says this in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. You can write this down. I love this. It says, I pray that you'll begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe him. It is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. Come on. I want you to know how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe him. Alex, I can't. I know. I can't either, but he can. Alex, I can't get out of this situation. I can't either, but he can. That we would understand how incredibly great his power is. Jesus has power. Somebody say power. Power. He has power to get us out. That's why the Bible says in the book of Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. I can do all things through who? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You're trying to get out of a situation today. I want to tell you that there's an empty tomb. And because Jesus got out of the tomb, you can get out of yours. Write this down. The hope of the empty tomb number two. It lets us know that no death is final. No death is final. Maybe, maybe you don't know this today. Maybe, maybe you've never really, really thought about it, but 1 p.m., can I tell you this, that at one point or another, all of us are going to die. All of us are going to die. Happy Easter. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you. Amazing service. Uh, you know, let's not burst the bubble, but this is true. At one point, we all have an expiration date. We're all going to die. And the problem with death is that death has been a master for a long time. Death has mastered humanity. In fact, the Bible says that we have this fear of death. Some of you, you may know people that are afraid of death. Some of you may, may, may have gone through it yourself where you're like, I, I can't even think about the day I'm going to die. I mean, it just it grips me. Some people are paralyzed by this fear of death. And for a long time, death was the final answer. We live this life and we get to a point where we die and all of a sudden, death is, that's it, the final curtain. What I love about Jesus is that Jesus came down to earth and all of a sudden he went up on a cross on a Friday and he went into a grave on a Saturday. And Saturday was the day of of death. Saturday was the day that his body started decomposing. Uh, But all of a sudden, on Sunday morning, early in the morning... Jesus was about to let death know who's the master. Come on, that's some good news ah he said wait a minute death may have me for a little bit death may grip me for just a little while and death may think that it has the upper hand but i'm here to show it on sunday morning that death is not final it is no longer the final curtain it is no longer the end here comes the life and the author come on he comes and he says death you are defeated you are under my feet i'm here to tell you death it is no longer final that's some good news because there's an empty tomb, death is no longer the final thing. The Bible says he has freed us from the fear of death. If you're here today and you're saying, I don't even want to think about it. change the topic. Go to number three. I mean, I don't like this. You don't have to be afraid of death. Jesus defeated death. 1 Corinthians, write this down. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look what Paul says here. He says, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in what? in victory oh death where is your victory oh death where is your sting for sin is a sting that results in death and the law that gives his power but thank god somebody say thank god come on he gives us victory over sin and death through our lord and jesus christ death is no longer the end you know what i love about jesus he says i am the resurrection and the like Jesus just didn't resurrect. He is the resurrection, meaning everything that he touches has to resurrect. Come on, if you walked in here today dead, if you walked in here depressed, if you walked in here with your head down, just Jesus touching you will bring you back to life. He is resurrection. He didn't just resurrect. He is resurrection. Mary and Mary, they get to the tomb, and they're like, whoa, the stone was rolled away. How'd you do that? No, it wasn't me. How'd you do that? No, it wasn't me. No, it wasn't me. How did this happen? All of a sudden, there's an empty tomb, and an angel appears." I love the way the Bible says in the book of Luke, chapter 24, he says, "Why, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? You're looking for life in a grave, Mary. What are you doing? You know what I feel like this afternoon? I feel like there's some people in here that you continue looking for dead things when God wants to do a new thing. Maybe in your life you walked in here this afternoon and you're saying, Alex, but but all I want is that relationship. All I want is that situation. You keep crying about what you went through. You keep crying about that Saturday. And you forget that on Sunday, God did a new thing. On Sunday, there was new life. On Sunday, there was good news. Come on. Can anybody give Jesus a big shout of praise? are you looking for the living among the dead oh he's about to do a new thing somebody walked in here this afternoon and you're thinking that your life it is stuck in the middle forever i'm here to tell you god wants to do a brand new thing stop crying about what you lost and look at what god's about to do stop looking at the cross and saying that was finished jesus is dead no that was just the doorway to resurrection jesus he's alive with god The things that are hopeless all turn around into miracles. This is the God that we serve. You walked in hopeless? You walked in searching? Come on, we've all searched. We've all been hopeless. At times we've all been stuck in that middle seat and and we don't like it. At times we've been in pain in that middle seat. At times we've all been there and we say, God, I, I don't understand this. How how can I get through this? And God is saying, if you just were looking to the empty tomb and just get a view of it, Jesus is no longer in there because Jesus is now in a brand new glorified body. Death is no longer the master, death is now a servant. Death is no longer a period, death is now a comma. What was the end now becomes a doorway into eternal life. God is always doing a new thing. I think today God wants to do a new thing in a lot of people's lives. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah chapter 43 verse 19, stop looking at old history. Stop looking at the past. Do not dwell on former things. I'm doing a new thing. He wants to do a new thing in you. Been through divorce. You've been through depression. You've been through all this guilt and condemnation. You're saying, Alex, I can't get out. I want to tell you God wants to do a new thing. There's an empty tomb. The hope of the empty tomb is that any stone can be rolled away. That death is no longer the master. And number three, is the band comes up and we wrap it up, the hope of the empty tomb is now that no life has to be empty. Jesus, he came out of the grave. I love this. God, he actually made the grave vacant so that every life can be full. All of a sudden, we have an empty tomb. I think that just represents a full life. Here, Mary, Mary, we're looking, and they're walking into the, into the grave. I love that the angel says, look inside. He's not there. Look where he was at. Snow not there. It's not there. Where's Jesus? He's gone. I don't know why you're looking here. He's gone. What, what, what are your eyes on? Are you still looking at what was decaying and decomposing, or can you look up and see that he wants to do a new thing? It was empty. I think we talk about emptiness and emptiness can actually have a positive and a negative connotation to it. Like we think about emptiness and we're like, oh, emptiness sounds a little weird. Like nobody likes to be empty. Like I don't think anybody likes to get in their car and you have an empty gas tank. It's the weirdest thing. Like no. Gas stations, why do they even have them? Nobody likes to pump gas. If you know somebody likes to pump gas, let them know I need their help. Oh, my car's not empty. I love to put gas. Can't wait to go to the gas station. We don't like empty things. Empty. Imagine you walk in, I mean, empty church. Nobody likes empty church. That just almost sounds like an oxymoron. Empty bank account? Come on, you can't shop with an empty bank account. The problem is Saturdays, the middle. they, They have a tendency to feel a lot like emptiness. So a lot of us, we've been through tragedy. A lot of us, we've been through things that feel like death. And when we're in the middle... Since we don't like emptiness, we begin to fill it with things. Whoa, 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 I'm in the middle of something that I just feel, oh, I can't get over this. So it's empty. So I'm just gonna fill it. I'm gonna fill my life. Let me fill it with some anxiety. There's some stress over here. Let me fill it with some stress, some fear over here. Let me pick up some fear because we have to fill our emptiness. Humanity, we've been searching for a long time to see what can fulfill us. I mean, I'll just grab a relationship. I'm empty. I can't even be single for more than two weeks. So I'll just grab a relationship. I, mean, I can't be empty. I just got to fill my life with somebody. I need more money. I need more houses. I need more cars because we don't like empty. Empty sounds negative, but, but I love what Jesus did at the tomb because now emptiness can have a positive connotation. Mary and Mary, they walk into the tomb, and, and it looks empty, and he says, hey, what are, you, what are you looking for? He's no longer here. He has... Risen. An empty tomb now can give opportunity for a full life. I love what the Bible says in the book of John, chapter 10, verse 10 says, I've come to give life and life more abundantly. He came so that we may have life and life to the fullest. God didn't come and send His Son down so that you can have an empty life. He actually wants you to have a full life, but not full of anxiety, not full of fear, not full of worry, not full of stress, but full of hope, full of mercy, full of grace, full of forgiveness, full of supernatural power, full of His mercy. Come on. I love when you get on a plane and it's empty. Remember getting on a plane and my whole row was empty. In fact, it looked like the whole plane was empty. And I'm like, this thing is going to be amazing. I'm going to take the best nap ever. Like, I'm just going to put my sweater, my book bags. It was like four chairs. And I'm like, yeah, I love it. Anybody love an empty plane in here? I mean, it's just the best. As I was getting ready to get comfortable, I looked down the aisle. and There's some people coming down. And I'm like, I rebuke the devil in Jesus' name. And uh, you ever hate when you only have one seat next to you and that person has to sit right next to you? Yeah, t- 21B, 21B. It's like, bro, I know, but there's a million seats. Just pick one. You don't have to sit right next to me. I'm trying to take a nap. All of a sudden, more people started coming, more stripy. And I'm like, man, the flight that I thought was empty was actually full. Can I tell you that the life that you think is empty can actually be full? That the tomb that is actually empty is actually full, but it's not full of a body anymore you can walk into the empty tomb and the hope of the empty tomb this afternoon is that when you walk inside and you look around you say wait a minute death is no longer here tragedy is no longer lying here death has been defeated now it is full of hope Now it is full of grace. Now it is full of opportunity. Now it's full of forgiveness. My God, the empty tomb. It is a sign that my life doesn't have to be empty, but it can be full of his grace, of his power, of his love. If you walked in empty, he wants to fill you up. If you walked in lost, he wants to give you direction. Come on, somebody give Jesus a big, big shout of praise. Come on, why don't you stand up to your feet? stand up to our feet maybe you're that person today that you walked in lost, you walked in empty you walked in searching you don't have to continue to live an empty life, resurrection Sunday means you can have a full life I'm going to ask every person to close their eyes and bow their head all over this auditorium, all over this room I'm going to ask you if you can to stay in your seat for a little while longer Five more minutes and we're out of here, but if you're here today, I'm gonna ask you if you can close your eyes and bow your head for privacy and concentration all across this room, all across this auditorium. If you're here and you're saying, Alex, I've been looking, I've been searching for something to satisfy. I've tried everything. I've tried money, houses, cars, tried relationships. I mean, I've done it all. I've been following my own path. I've been following my own way and there's no way that I can seem to find an answer. Maybe you're in here today and you're hearing about Jesus. You're hearing about God and you're saying, I wish I could have a relationship with God. But the truth is I'm full of shame and guilt. I've done some wrong. Some of the people even sitting next to me have any idea of some of the things that I've done. If you're in here this afternoon and this is how you feel, can I tell you that the Bible says that all of us are sinners. You've sinned, I've sinned, we failed God in one way or another. There is no perfect person in here. We've all failed God, all of us. There is not one perfect person. Sin has come into my life and your life and we've offended God, we've done wrong, we've done evil. In one way or another, all of us have done it. And the Bible says that sin separates us from God but God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus so that we can have a relationship with God. Jesus came down to earth and he grabbed all of your sin, my sin. The Bible says that he put it on his shoulders. He went up on a cross, we talked about this Friday. And at the cross there, he showed his love, and he died for humanity. Sin has a price called death, and you and I can never pay that price. Jesus says, I'll pay the price for sin. And he paid the price for you and I, and he went into the grave. And he was in the grave for three days, but on Sunday morning, he resurrected. Jesus, he's alive today. He's offering you life. He's offering you forgiveness. He's offering you grace. It is a free gift of God. The tomb is empty because grace is available for you today. While the church is praying, every eye closed, every head bowed. I'm going to ask the church leaders to pray. All of our leaders, if you could just begin to pray. This is an important moment. Some of you are in here and you walked in empty, confused, lost, in the middle of a tragedy, in the middle of a crisis. In the middle of confusion and you say, Alex, I don't know what's next. I don't even know if I can look forward to the next day because I'm still stuck in the middle. Maybe that's you and you're feeling empty and you've been trying to fill yourself up with all you can. You don't have to fill yourself because of what Jesus did you can be full of life today he came to give life and life everlasting I'm going to count to three and if you're in here and you're saying Alex I-, I want a relationship with Jesus Alex today I know I need forgiveness of my sins I want to start brand new he's offering you a brand new clean slate maybe you're thinking Alex you know what today's a little bit crazy it's Easter Sunday I- I'm going to go home I'll get ready next week Th- next Sunday as you begin Philippians then I'll get right with God can I tell you that tomorrow it is promised to none of us today could be your last day do you have a relationship with the god who made you do you know him he's waiting for you with arms open wide god is not mad at you he's madly in love with you i'm gonna to count to three and i believe hands are gonna go up across this room and all you're saying is alex i need to start brand new i want a relationship with god i need forgiveness of my sins i want to put my trust and my faith in jesus the bible says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that jesus is lord we will be saved while every eye is closed, every head is bowed. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna put you in a spot. Just raise your hand. I'm gonna acknowledge you. And then you can put it right back down. At the count of three, you raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand. If you're saying, Alex, I need Jesus. Alex, I need a brand new beginning. Come on, raise it up as high as you can so I can see you. Lock that elbow, raise it up. I see you. I see you. God bless 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 you. All the way back there in the wide. I see you. Here to my left. God bless you. God bless you. In the middle. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you god bless you god bless you to my right i see you god bless 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 you awesome i see you best move ever man anybody else come on you raise your head right where you're at you're saying today i need a brand new relationship with jesus amen i see you god bless you anybody else you raise your head wherever you're at today is the day of a brand new beginning i'm gonna say a simple prayer all i want you to do is say this prayer with me from the bottom of your heart we're talking to god in this moment i believe god is here And I believe he's about to forgive you of your sins and start a relationship with the God who created you. In fact, the whole church, we're going to repeat it out loud. We're going to say this together. I believe he's going to be the best moment of your life. God is here and he's listening to you. Come on, why don't we all say this out loud together. Close our eyes. and Repeat after me. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, I am forgiven. Come on, I am saved, and I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, 1 p.m. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel or visit us at calvaryconnect.com for more information. Till next time.